This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the fifth season of the Combustion Chronicles podcast, where bold leaders combined with big ideas to make life better for all of us. I'm your host, Sean Nason, CEO and founder of Mofi. In these episodes, we'll be exploring the power, influence, and importance of experience ecosystems. To do that, we're bringing together the most unique and influential experience experts in the world for honest conversations about not being okay with the status quo, leading with heart, and getting real about heart sets and mindsets. In case you're wondering, an experience ecosystem is the web of people, touch points, and interactions that combine to create all of the positive and negative experiences we have in the world. When an organization wants to improve customer experience, they're wasting their time if they're not willing to engage and humanize their entire experience ecosystem. It's time to blow up some silos and ignite an experience revolution by putting people first. On this episode, Colin Shaw is an original pioneer of the customer experience concept and has authored seven best-selling books on the subject. He is a CEO and founder of Beyond Philosophy, which has helped many of the world's most prestigious organizations improve their customer experience and has been named by the Financial Times as one of the best management consultancies the last three years. With more than 290,000 followers on LinkedIn, Colin is among the small group of official LinkedIn influencers. He also co-hosts the highly successful Intuitive Customer Podcast. Colin, we're so glad you were able to join us today. Welcome. Thanks very much, Sean. Yeah, no, looking forward to this. It's, um, It's great to be on. Well, Colin, there is no question that you are not only in the top influencers in the CX world, but many people look at you as the top influencer. So let's dive into a couple of things because I found this really interesting about your story. And I know that the book, Who Moved My Cheese, has played a real significant role along your career path. Yeah. Would you mind sharing how that book has influenced you with our listeners? Yeah, sure. The way it influenced my career was uh, my career was sort of split into two. I'm going to keep this short, so hopefully I won't bore you. But my career was split into two. I spent the early part of my career in corporate world. And when I was in the corporate world, I set my sights on getting promoted to, you know, senior management positions, achieved that, and then sat there and one day and thought to myself, you know, is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? And then I read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? And in the book, it asked one really good question, which was, what would you do if you weren't scared? And what I realized was that what I would do if I wasn't scared would be I would left the safety of corporate world with a regular salary coming in and start my own business, which is effectively what I did. So it was the way it influenced me was just really with that one question and the realization that we do things because we've always done them. 
And it's probably one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. And it wasn't just mine, it was my, my wife's as well. And obviously the best decision I've ever made in my life was marrying my wife. So there you go. I have to say that in case she's listening. <laughs> yeah, I understand that one. I find it fascinating, Colin, because I read a book by Ken Blanchard yeah. uh, probably 15 years ago called Well Done. You know, uh -huh. and it's the power of positive relationships. And I think that book was a, a huge influence in my life to be this pioneer in radical relationships and moving into this power of yes concept too. So uh, I love how that happens with the book. No, sometimes you just read a book and you go, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what I think. That's it summed it up. Yeah, and, and what's interesting, and this dives into your work in CX, is I actually read that book, Colin, when I just started at the Walt Disney Company. All right. Um, and, you know, obviously they are known for their amazing guest experience, CX experience. And so, you know, Colin, my team, we are a company called Mofi. We are really starting to dive in to the experience ecosystem. Uh -huh. And in particular, I really want to talk about a recent blog that you, you said this, you said too many organizations have jumped on the customer experience bandwagon without understanding what it is. Can you tell us where these groups missing the mark and what you meant by that statement? Yeah, sure. I've been doing this a long time now. So, I, you know, I started off doing this back in 2002. So I've seen a lot of change. And a lot of organizations are just doing customer experience because it's what everybody's doing. So if you, you know, if you look over the last, I don't know, seven, eight years, in all the surveys that have come out, all the things that you read at the beginning of the year, it says, you know, business thinks that customer experience is going to be the number one issue. Yeah. And for many organizations, it has been. But for a lot of organizations, I think that they just think, well, everybody else is doing it, so we better do it. And they just have jumped on the bandwagon. And the reality is, is that because of that, they don't do it very well because they're really not committed. And in essence, if I'm honest, they don't really understand. And the challenge I think we have with customer experience as a concept is that everybody thinks they understand what it means, but actually they don't when you dive down into the detail. And, you know, it's a bit like your ecosystem. They don't understand the entire ecosystem. They understand one part of it, you know, the digital experience or the, you know, leadership and culture or, you know, marketplace awareness or whatever it may be. But they don't understand the entire ecosystem. And because of that, it fails. And because of that, they then think that, you know, customer experience doesn't work, basically. And it does. You know, we've got lots of evidence to show that it does. Yeah, I find that fascinating, Colin. I almost want to tie that in, in, into this ecosystem piece that you're talking about, because it sounds to me uh, what you're saying there is much what we've heard and seen within corporate. And, and I'm a reformed corporate executive, too, Colin. Right. So I understand your pain and your therapy sessions you had to go through with that as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And this is why I'm passionate about the ecosystem. It's almost become a checkbox, much like yeah. diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Well, we exactly. just do it to do it, to check the box. Yes. And I love the fact that you're bold enough and you call the bullshit out to say, there's a lot of companies that say they do it, but they do it really poorly. And so one of your philosophies 
is that to create loyal customers, you need to create a memory for these customers. Can you share more about that? Because I love that that concept of creating memories. What do you mean when you're talking about creating a memory for your customers? So the first thing is that you have to recognize that, you know, guess what? Customers are people, okay? So once you've understood that customers are people, the way that you need to deal with that is to recognize for us, when we look at a customer experience, we're looking at the rational things, what the customer's doing. We're looking at the emotions. We're looking at the subconscious experience. So the subconscious messages that an organization may send to a customer. So for instance, you go into a bank and they put pens on chains which says we don't trust you. And then you look at the psychology of things. And, you know, that's, you mentioned the podcast earlier. That's what we we talk a lot about on the, the Intuitive Customer Podcast is the whole psychology part. So when you start to look at an experience and you start to say human beings have experiences, and there's, there's a guy that's a lot cleverer than I am called a, a guy called Professor Daniel Kahneman. And he's won the Nobel Prize for Behavioral Economics. And there's a very good book that he's written called Thinking Fast and Slow. What Kahneman talks about, and this was a real revelation to me about 12 years ago now. What Kahneman talks about is the fact that we human beings don't choose between experiences. We choose between the memory of an experience. So how does that trans? And he's talking about generally human beings, okay? If we now talk about that in a customer experience setting, customer loyalty is effectively a function of memory. So in other words, you can't be loyal to something that you haven't experienced before because by definition, loyalty means that you've gone back. To say that you've gone back therefore means that it's a memory. This is probably the biggest thing I've learned in the last... 12 years. So the irony is, okay, the experience is important, but it's what's more important is the memory of that experience, okay? So what that makes you then ask yourself is, well, how are memories formed? Okay? And again, this is this is not my work. I'm I'm just following academia. And what Kahneman talks about is the fact that how people remember experiences is they remember the peak end rule. So the peak end is they remember what is the peak emotion that your customer feels or the person feels, yeah? And what's the end emotion that they feel? So if you think about, I don't know, think about 9-11. Everybody, if I said to you, where were you at 9-11? Everyone can Mm -hmm. tell you exactly where they are with 9-11. And I'm sure the pandemic's going to be you know, similar yeah. to somebody in a few years, what do you, you know, you know, what's the pandemic like for you? You're going to be able to articulate what that means. And the point I'm trying to make is those memories have effectively got it like an email attachment of the emotion that you're feeling. Okay. So it raises some really interesting question from a customer experience perspective, which are, so if the peak and rule forms the memory, the peak emotion and the end emotion, it makes some really interesting questions like, well, what emotion are you evoking in your customers at the moment, at the peak and at the end? Where is the peak emotion being evoked now? You know, do you know? Most organizations don't. What emotions drive most value for you 
And where do you want the peak emotion to be felt? And how are you going to get those customers to feel the emotion that you want them to feel and you know that that's the right one because it drives value? So is it this mixture of perception versus reality? Does that play a part of this too? Yeah, so what, again, Kahneman would talk about is the fact that we, we have two selves. We have the experiencing self and we have the remembering self. So the experiencing self is your listener now listening to this podcast. The experiencing self is when somebody says, hey, did you, did you listen to Sean's podcast the other day? What did that guy Colin talk about? It's what they remember from this podcast, okay? So that's like the reality is what's happening now, the experience. But the perception is, is something that you draw from what happened in the experience. And it is a perception, but we also know that nine-tenths of reality is perception. Because, you know, when you think about it, you're built on memories. What drives you, what drives the culture, what drives your expectation is what you've experienced in the past. And therefore, by definition, it's a memory. Does that make sense? It makes total sense because I think as an industry, and I think this is where you're getting at, you know, behavioral economics and behavioral studies went down this path. We have tried to put so many metrics behind CX and drive all this business value, which I, I, I totally agree with. I have a finance background, but we're really losing the human. And I think that's why I got so passionate at Mofi around saying we need to start talking about the experience ecosystem as a full thing. But most importantly, that we need to humanize it and put the human back into CX. I mean, so let me, I've got your uh, ecosystem in front of me. So let me, let me sort of give you an illustration of it. So you've got here, you know, brand loyalty and messaging. You've got digital experience. You've got marketplace awareness. I mean, the first thing, interesting bit is, well, how's the brand loyalty formed? Well, it's formed through the experience that I have, the customer experience, which is on your, your ecosystem. It's formed through the digital experience that I have. You know, it's formed through all of those things. But again, those things are contributing towards the memory. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. Imagine that you had a fishing net, okay? And imagine that the fishing net is below the water, okay? And imagine that you see, and, and below the water is effectively the subconscious, you know, the things that you are not aware of. So when I say subconscious, think about the fact that you are breathing, okay? So suddenly everyone's starting to go, oh, yeah, I just breathed in and I'm just about to breathe out. <laughs> You know, but you were breathing before, but you weren't aware of it. So the subconscious of things you're not aware of. So now imagine picking up a knot of that fishing net, okay? And imagine pulling it up out of the water. And that knot is effectively a memory, okay? It could be the memory of a restaurant that you went to last week. But it's a fishing net because it's attached to other knots, which are other memories, does that make sense? Yeah. And on your ecosystem, it's like picking up the digital experience, looking at the digital experience. But you know what? That experience is influenced by 
lots of these other things that we that you have on here. You know, I could even argue that that you know that the the fishing net is the ecosystem. <laughs> but but the point is is they're attached together and they influence each other. And some of those things are below the waterline in the subconscious, but are still part of that net. And some of the things, because you're examining it, are things that you are thinking about remembering, and it's now above the waterline, so you're remembering going to a restaurant last week or the digital experience that you you had yesterday with a company or whatever else. And then when you close that memory, you're effectively allowing that fishing net to sink to the into your subconscious again. But you may then pick up another memory, you know, two days later or whatever it may be. It's powerful. I think the big thing for us was this concept of silos. But if it's a net, it all works together. And I think that's what we're passionate about within Mophie is to say, you've got to quit looking at these things as separate pieces. Yeah, I agree. Because I think that's where organizations really F it up, Colin, is like they just... Yeah. You know, they have so many silos around experience that no wonder there's bad experiences. I know uh, because I found this one really fascinating. And you've, you've talked about digital a couple of times. In a blog earlier this year, you wrote that digital nudging can yeah. revolutionize customer experience. So sure. can you help our audience understand what nudging is and how this yeah. methodology really works? Yeah, so a nudge is based upon, again, another another person far cleverer than I called Richard Thaler, who, again, is a professor of behavioral science and has won the Nobel Prize. He wrote a very famous book called Nudge. And the nudge is a way of influencing the customer to do something through the understanding of behavioral science, Okay. So, you know, let's take a step back. What's behavioral science? Behavioral science is effectively psychology. It's recognizing that human beings don't necessarily make logical decisions. In fact, human beings, customers are illogical. And a nudge is a way of influencing people, customers, to do things. So let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, we were using, been using SurveyMonkey. We've decided not to use SurveyMonkey anymore. So go on to the system, cancel out of SurveyMonkey. SurveyMonkey come back and said, first thing it said was, if you stop automatic renewal, or if you reinstate automatic renewal, we will give you a 30% discount. Okay, so the first thing that that was, was a negative nudge because it made me go, Hold on, so that means you've been overcharging me for the last, you know, 10 years I've been using this. But what they then did was they then basically said, okay, well, if you want to carry on stopping the, the professional service, you will lose the following things, okay? And they listed out three things that we would lose, all right? That, again, was a nudge. That, again, is nudging you to go, oh, hold on, do I really want to do this? Now, there's a whole area called loss aversion that I won't bore you with now, but, you know, people don't want to lose things, which is why they do that. But so what is a nudge and what is a digital nudge? It could be as simple as having a yellow button on your website to for uh, things to buy because actually it's proven that having yellow buttons are better than having blue buttons and things like that. It's a, The important part here is 
it's a subconscious message that's built into the design because you are trying to nudge the customer, guide the customer in a certain way. Love it. I love it. Uh, my team's probably going, oh gosh, now Sean's going to ask us to do yellow buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. And I love, Colin, that you have based so much of your work in some of this amazing academic theory. And I have read the book Nudge, a powerful book. So let's flip because I'm really interested to dig into what you think is going to start happening in the future. I'm going to give you a couple topics that I really want to just get your opinion on for our listeners around this. Let's talk about AI and machine learning and predictive scoring. It's blowing up all over the place. How must customer experience change in response to this type of technology today and going in the future? You've now got me on my second favorite subject. So let's take AI. Let's now map into that or tie into that the memory map that I've just talked about. And let's tie into that the fishing net, okay? So now we did a podcast on this about six months ago. And this is where I think customer experience is going. I've always seen customer experience as being like a wave of change, okay? Before it, we had CRM, and before that, we had business process re-engineering and blah, 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 yeah? Transformation. <laughs> what I'm starting to see is an area which I would, I and others are calling customer science, Okay. So what's customer science? Customer science is three things. It's AI, it's data, and it's time together. So imagine that you've now got the fish, okay? And you've got all of these various different memories. It could be that some of those experiences are digital experiences that have been on your website. It could be that you've been tracking where customers are going and seeing where they've gone on different websites. It could be that you're a... You're a customer of Amazon, and not only that, you know, if you think about the amount of data that Amazon has got on you, you know, I've got loads of stuff from Amazon in terms of echoes, a bed, they know when I wake up, they know when the fan on, they know what temperature <laughs> I set the air conditioning on, you know, blah, 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 all right? So there's lots of data that they've got. Now apply that into that AI environment, okay? Now layer that with behavioral science. What you would therefore be able to do is effectively to predict what the customer is going to do. So I know that we, you know, we, we talk about sort of predictions of what customers are going to do now, but most of that is not with an understanding of that behavioral science stuff, okay? And therefore, you, if you can predict what customers can do and AI can help you do that, it will also be able to then design what experience that your customer wants. There's a key word here that I think, for me, outlines the future. The, basically, the word is proactive. Yeah. So if yeah. you think of most things today, everybody's reactive towards things. If I want to find out where my, my tracking is, I go on a website and I click on the links and et cetera. I don't actually, us human beings, don't want to have to think about those things. We want those things delivered to us automatically. We want to be proactive, but we want the proactivity done based upon our 
preferences, which is effectively, therefore, segmentation, which you can start to do when you started to, de- to effectively design those, what I'm calling, what I call those memory maps of the memories that customers have. And, and the enabler to do that is A, the data, and B, AI, because AI can therefore learn all those things and learn that behavioral science. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes tons of sense. You know, as we talked and you've been talking, I so appreciate you giving the, the fishing net analogy around this ecosystem. And, you know, we mentioned a little bit earlier, calling about the silos. So nearly every group organization that we speak with at Mofi and with people that work in the space, they really struggle with the fact that their organization faces these challenges of silos. Um, yeah. which obviously impacts the effectiveness of the overall experience ecosystem and consumer experience. So what's one strategy or advice that you have for breaking down silos within organizations to deliver more seamless experiences or memories? The main one for me is common measurement. If you have common measurement that is from the customer, Net Promoter is an example of that, although for me, just to be clear, Net Promoter is is a good question. However, there are lots of other questions that you should ask as well. Hell yes, I'm just preaching and agreeing with you. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, for us, we would say, what we would say to our clients would be, you need to define what the experience is that you're trying to deliver. So going back into that, it could be that you want your customers to feel trust, cared for, and pleased, okay? Just picking three three words. So now the different silos are measured on the fact that is the customer feeling trust, cared for, and pleased? So in the digital world, are they feeling trust, cared for, and pleased? In the customer service world, are they feeling trust, cared for, and pleased? You know, even finance... HR, IT, everyone should have the same measures. It's a very controversial thing to do. And I also have to say not many organizations bite the bullet and and actually do it. It's the most effective method to get people to start talking together because they then realize that their success, their salary, their promotions are based upon those types of measurement and it forces people to start to talk to each other and break the silos down. Yeah. And so, you know, what we do within Mofi, we work with organizations to help them build their experience promise, which Uh is the foundation, right? And then when we know what that promise is, then we can, we can build those pillars. We talk all the time and you know, this, all of us in the industry, what is that common measurement? And we still haven't figured it out. And you know, your people have been at this 20 years and can't figure that out. If I haven't seen your promise stuff, I'm sure it will be, you know, if a customer, if the promise is this, then how are you going to measure that promise? And everyone yeah. should be, everyone should be measured against that. And, and I mean, everybody. That's the key thing. It changes the way you hire. It changes the way you do evaluations. It changes yeah. everything because everyone from the top down gets held accountable to that promise. Yeah. So I agree. one last thing. So we uh, just recently released a book with two other co-authors called Kiss Your Dragons. And I want to talk about fear and ultimately kissing that dragon of fear. What fears do you think are really holding back a lot of organization when it comes to experiences and to these memories? I think there's two things, really. The main one is just fear of failure. 
I'm going to take us down and come a different route that I've gone down, I've been down before, and will it work? And therefore, not just will it work, but it can be scary in the sense of, A, I don't know about it, yeah? B, I've not made my career in this area, you know? If you look at most C-suite companies, the people that have got there have been got there by being good at doing what they're doing and suddenly you're talking to them about psychology and you're talking to them about emotions and they've not dealt with that type of stuff before so they don't know whether it's going to work or not and if it doesn't work then what happens to them personally so I think the fear comes in through not having done it before and just being concerned and understandably so that they think it won't work you know what we know, and, and I'm sure you're the same, is, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years and we know that this absolutely does work. Um, you know, you can yep. get some tremendous results from improving your customer experience. But what you've got to do is you've got to look at the world from a, from a different lens and that's from the customer's lens. That doesn't mean that you should give the customer everything they want because you are in a business. I think it's that the fear of failure and the, the personal fear of failure and the fear of failure for their company. Yeah, we talk a lot about everyone should feel like a VIP. And yeah. feeling like a VIP doesn't mean that you have to give them everything and say yes to everything, but you should make them feel like a VIP. Absolutely. I, I wrote a blog the other day, you know, on firing customers, basically. You know, there are certain customers that you should fire. I love it. Well, we could keep going on this, Colin, because I know you're so passionate about it. One of the fun things that we do on the Combustion Chronicles is we do this thing called the Combustion Questions. And they're, they're three random questions that we want to ask you, Colin, and just want you to answer real fast off the top of your mind. Um, whatever comes to your mind for these. Are you ready for your first Combustion Question, Colin? Far away. Awesome. So if you could be a professional artist for an entire week, what kind of cool shit would you create? Mm, I think I would draw paintings of the sea and down by the coast because I love the sea. I love it. Tell me where and I will meet you there because I um, love it as well. All right. What's your all-time favorite dessert? Banoffee pie. Okay. You have to tell me what that is. Oh, okay. It's like a sort of a very, it's like a, a bit toffee based, but very sort of gooey toffee with bananas in there and with a uh, sort of a biscuit, biscuity base or a, or a cookie base, basically. Uh, well, yeah, coffee pie. It is lunchtime right now, and now you make me want to have it. <laughs> you make me want to have it as well now. Yeah. Okay, this is the third question, and this one may be a little bit difficult. What do you think about bubble gum? I like it. It's just very difficult to get rid of. <laughs> because I don't want to swallow it. And then That's I right. think to myself, I've got this bubble gum, but where do I put it? Thank you so much. In this last minute um, of the episode... I would love for our listeners to know uh, more about where to go follow you, about your podcast. Can you share all that information with us so we make sure that all of our listeners are following you? Uh, yeah, so the, the podcast is called The Intuitive Customer, and you can get it everywhere that um, you can get podcasts from. It's myself and my the co-author of my last book called The Intuitive Customer, but he's a professor of uh, consumer psychology, Professor Ryan Hamilton. So we have a 
we have a good laugh and, and talk about all this really interesting stuff about understanding psychology and customers, etc. And the other place to go is to our company website, which is beyondphilosophy.com. So www.beyondphilosophy.com or just look me up on LinkedIn. We said at the beginning, I'm an influencer there. So I'm doing do loads of stuff on LinkedIn. Well, Colin, thank you again for sharing all of this great work that you have done and so many notes that I took personally. So I'm excited for our listeners. Great. Thanks so much, Sean. Good talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Combustion Chronicles. Let's keep the conversation going by connecting on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. To learn more about the world of experience ecosystems, go to mofi.co, where you'll discover ideas and resources to help you ignite your own experience revolution. Be sure to check out my book, Kiss Your Dragons, Radical Relationships, Bold Heart Sets, and Changing the World, available now at Amazon. Then head over to shawnason.com to engage resources, a discussion guide, and information about everything from self-paced training to personal coaching. You can find this episode recap at shawnason.com. We know you lead a busy life, so if you're driving, exercising, or maybe just blowing your own shit up, don't worry, we've already taken the notes for you. Each recap is filled with exclusive guest information, episode themes, quotes, resources, and more. And remember, please subscribe, rate, and review. As always, stay safe and be well.